if you will, episode of The Feminine Critique. Uh, I am Emily. I have no problem, so to speak of. Uh, one of my co-hostesses had, had a few problems. Co-hostess, I had a lot of problems. Yeah. Unless you were talking about Erica. Your whole life is a problem. <laughs> well, co-hostess Erica is technically number one, because she was my co-hostess before you, but on mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, I was. Uh, Erica, you folks at home might remember from our Thor... Um, Supergirl slash the movie we will never talk about again episode. Uh, yes, Erica. hello. Hi. Erica was my co-hostess on GleeCast. Uh, and in honor of something we had started doing on GleeCast, uh, we have reunited tonight to begin our GleeCast and the Furious episodes, have we not? We certainly have. I'm very excited about it. Indeed. Now, as we um, explained on the last episode, we covered the Fast and the Furious on a GleeCast episode. I posted that link on the Facebook page for the Feminine Critique. So if you want to know what uh, Erica and I thought of the first Fast and the Furious movie, you can go there. Today, we're going to talk about Too Fast. That is the number two, everybody, not T double O. I couldn't. I couldn't find it. Like when I was looking for it to log, I was like, "How the hell is this movie title?" That's the thing. And these are just going to get tougher because, like, Ugh. none of them have numbers in the title. Or does six have numbers? Is it like Fast Six? Um, it might be Fast Six. Wait, I'll I'll look into it. You keep talking. Okay, because they're going to run out of ways to say the Fast and the Furious. Because mm-hmm. then the fourth one, they just took out the articles, and then the fifth one, they took out the other linking words, and so on. It's kind of fascinating, in a way. And as, like, a language person, I can kind of appreciate it, but it also is really annoying. Because you're right, it's hard to find. I don't know which number is which. So it's it's fast, ampersand, furious, six. Oh, so they did, finally, they gave up, and they started using numbers. Yeah, and ah. it looks like, uh, well, after, yeah, after fast five, be, well, because, yeah, the fifth one was fast five, Okay. The fourth one was Fast and Furious. I'm surprised. Why can't it just be Fast Six? Or Six Furious. Oh, see, <laughs> now you're just crazy talking. You're a six. That's what I would have called it. It works for Scriforum. Remember Scream 4, a.k.a. Scriforum? I don't you're think that works. <laughs> well, you're right. That movie didn't do so well in the box office. Uh, now we're going to oh. pair. Oh, yes. You know what? It actually, it has like, on IMDb, when you look them up, it, for five, it does say Fast and Furious 5, and then underneath it, it says Fast 5. And I just realized under Fast and Furious 6, it does say Furious 6. <gasps> oh, nice. See? See? Yeah. Yeah, no. that was all you. That's right. Yep, <laughs> you just named it. IMDb changed I it I while can. I was looking I at do it. do what I can. They are quick over there, those little internet trolls. Uh, now, what are we going to pair with uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, ladies? Well, naturally, <laughs> we would pair it with Saving Private Ryan. I, I don't... I, don't know I couldn't I even think that. of anything else to match it with. Yeah. I mean, it's the double bill that plays, like, almost every month, I think, in most Grindhouse cinemas. So it made sense. That's what we're yeah. pairing it with. Uh, so we'll get to that. Uh, now, before we get to that, um, we should talk about other things in the world happening now. Uh, primarily, like, other stuff we've been watching. Because that's how we roll. Oh, God, I was afraid that I didn't prepare for this segment. <laughs> I was going to ask you about the political situation in Ukraine, but I thought better of it. Oh, good, because you don't want to hear my opinions on that. Neither do the people of the Feminine Critique listening ship or so. Uh, who wants to start? 
Um, I, I'll start because I don't. I don't have very much. Oh, I know what you have. I know what you have. I know what you have. I know you know it. I'm gonna save that for last now, okay. just to torture okay. you. Everybody, spoiler alert! Erica's gonna talk about something really awesome after she talks about whatever else she's gonna talk about. Doesn't she always talk about awesome stuff? Yeah, but this is more awesome than than Erica and and you <laughs> and me and everyone. Oh wow! It's Must more awesome nice. than the entire world. It's more awesome than my um, cats. So I'll I'll preface with a a short story. Um, in my house, we used to have a tenant downstairs, and one day she just poof disappeared. Oof left all her shit behind like no idea what happened to her where she went it's been about three months she now raptured um she might have been mm-hmm. except we saw her get in a truck and drive away and she just never came back and never answered any phone Ooh, calls joyrided oh Perhaps. gosh oh, really sobieskied it's true that could have happened um but since she left all her stuff behind and it's been over three months since we heard from her um we finally got me me and my brother finally got to go and go through her dvd collection which was like the most exciting thing of my week two weeks ago um because apparently she and i have very similar taste in film she had like every horror movie ever and then of course i'm going to name two movies that i watched from her collection that aren't horror movies but it was she owns ginger snaps which is exciting for me because i can never find it on dvd Mm -hmm. i didn't watch that though um so anyway that's where my two movies that i watched recently came from from her pile because it was a very exciting time um so the first thing i watched was away we go which i rewatched because notlp covered it that's the john krasinski and oh i still haven't seen that Oh, well, I own it now. You can borrow hey, it. Hey, Thanks, <laughs> tenant. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I had seen it before, but I enjoy it, so I rewatched it. Um, there's not that much to say about it. Um, the second thing I watched will be exciting for Christine. I rewatched X Men First Class. Yay, you loved it even more. I did. I hadn't seen it since theaters. And, Hooray! Uh, it was a, a very worthwhile rewatch. It's a fun and one. It got me excited for the for the new one that's coming out sometime. I don't know when. May 4th, I think. Ooh, that's... <laughs> Something. Or 14th. I should know that, but, you know, I slipped. I feel like the 14th would be the middle of the week. With a is 4th, it? I can tell you, is a Sunday. So, so no. <laughs> I just... So neither of those. Neither <laughs> of them. May 4th was the Kentucky Derby party last year, slash May 4th, so it's May, May the 4th be with you. I have a big teaser poster on my wall too. I just it's so far away though. Yeah, and the 14th <laughs> is a Wednesday. So maybe oh, it's the 16th. 14th, it could be oh, the 16th. It, or it could be a Wednesday release. It could be like when they do that stuff. You know what guys? I guess we'll just have to <laughs> wait and see. <laughs> we'll find out. We're not <laughs> I like how none of us have the energy to like reach over on our computer and look it up online. How else would we much. find out? That's too much. Come on, folks. Come on, guys. I already have Saving Private Ryan open in IMDb. I can't be changing pages all over the place. We don't want to hear Christine clanking away over there. Yeah. <laughs> Banging symbols and shit. Right. Let's, let's be realistic here. There's not even a release date right on the front page of, of oh, May 23rd. Here it is. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm so wrong. They're going to take away my card. I don't know what it says, but they're going to take it away. Wait. Oh, no. I was looking at the wrong... I was going to say, wait, May 23rd is a Sunday, but that's March 23rd. I was in the wrong month. Yeah, it's a Friday. Okay. So, yes, that's when it comes out. Hooray! Um, so then, uh, I've also watched Frozen, like, six times. I still haven't seen it. Oh, it's so good. It came out on Blu-ray today. I actually have it playing on mute right now because it's just really pretty. <laughs> um, yeah, I almost have it memorized now. I've seriously watched it way too many times. Um... 
And oh, finally, the last thing that I've been watching, which is the uh-huh. reason uh-huh. I have not watched too many movies, uh-huh. Uh-huh. is I've been watching the HBO series The Wire. Yeah, you have been. Oh, well, that's good. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, you will. It's very good. It's, Wait, no, it's, where, where are you? Where are you? Are you still in season four? I'm still in season four. Yeah, I kind of delayed because I work six days this week and next week. Um, well, this past week and this coming week, I'm working six days. Uh, so, yeah, I've kind of been stalled, but I'm somewhere in the middle of season four. Like, I think episode five. Okay. Um, I want to smack Weebay's kid. Oh, name it. Oh, I hate him. Yeah. And I want to help the... the oh, poor Dookie. Dookie, yeah. Dookie's yeah, got a rough life. <laughs> he does. I feel so bad. But I love that Prez is, like, taking care of him. Makes me happy. Yep, season four is oh, a good one. Oh, it's wait, I just muted it. I can't hear you guys. I'll be... Wait, hang on. And we can hear her. We can finally oh, find out what she's saying about us. <laughs> I don't why know. Would she, why would she start talking about us if she accidentally put herself on mute? Because she doesn't know that we... I don't know how it works, Christine. Am I back? Can you hear me? We can hear you. Okay. We can oh, hear you the whole time, Jeez, Emily, why did you give that up so quickly? <laughs> we could have spent an hour. <laughs> If I was just sitting here talking to myself about you guys for an hour, that would have been an interesting show. It would also be really weird of you to do. It would like, be. It would be very strange. It's, oh, no. I just like to sit back and talk about friends to my cat who I can't find. <laughs> Who's yeah. not even in my room. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, that that's what I've been watching. That was the last thing, The Wire, because I've, I've been watching a lot of that. I got through two seasons in, like, five days. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Like, I get really excited when people watch things that I like because then I can talk to them about it, um, which is, you know, part of the reason why I'm, like, trying to put Brandon through a very um, expedited Buffy Angel cycle. Because, mm-hmm. like, there's thing, like jokes I can't make yet still. And, like, I would like to get to the, like, to the Anya Zander wedding episode by the time, you know, we get married and stuff so that yeah. I can make yeah. these kinds of jokes. You need to make those I jokes. Know. We're about halfway, not even halfway through season five. So we'll, we'll see what we can do. But, yeah, it's, point you have is, a while everybody should it. watch things that I watch because it makes my life better. I think you could get there in time. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. All right, Christine, what have you been watching? Well, speaking of watching things that other people are watching, you guys have to start watching Twisted, please, so I can talk to somebody about it. <laughs> that's the one that's on after PLL. <laughs> I guess. I don't have regular wait, TV. Wait, wait, but so you're not caught up on PLL, but you're watching Twisted? Well, they had the first half of the first season um, on Netflix Instant. I like it. It's like PLL, but not really. But you know, it's more like PLL. 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 I, I can't wait for season four. Ugh, so exciting. Um, eventually, I'll get to see it. You don't even know what has been revealed, Christine. And then I can't wait. Revealed. Is Arya okay, yeah. guys? She uh, had a really tough time recently. Ugh. Um, so I, I've been watching Twisted. That was really good. Um, when my back was hurt the first time... I watched a lot of Bates Motel. That is not very good. That's I do not, not like good. it a lot. But don't you love your Farmiga? Yeah, she's awesome in she everything. She's amazing in that. The show is, is awful, but she is amazing. It's trying to do too many different things. Yep. I'm really not into it. It but, needs to just be about the two of them, and that's it. But I couldn't move, so... Yeah. Ugh. Um, other than that, I haven't been watching much. I watched The Fast and the Furious because I had yeah, never I seen it. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. Um, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Huzzah! 
Um, for me. Like, well, I mean, I hear it like, yeah, it's awful. It's just like Point Break. So I was like, oh, is it good? Could it be a better version of Point Break? Um, (laughs) You can't see it, but I'm talking out of the side of my mouth right now. You can't see it, but I'm muting Christine right now. It was a better (laughs) version of Point Break. I didn't really like Point Break. Yeah, I remember. Um, So I enjoyed it. I'm excited. Um, I watched that movie. You know that movie, The Tall Man? Oh, this was the Martyrs guy when with Jessica Biel. Yep, yep. Um, oh, okay, what'd you think? I have a lot of problems with it. We yeah. should co- we should talk about it on the show. I think it would be interesting. It would be an interesting one. Erica, did you see it? No, I've never even heard of it. It was on Instant. For, would you watch it on Instant? Yeah, it's it's still streaming. You should give it a go. It's one that works best if you don't know anything about it. Yeah, and okay. I didn't. Huh, interesting. But it was kind of like... um. Hey, I'm a movie, and I'm not gonna tell you stuff. Yeah. So when I tell you stuff, you're gonna be surprised, did right? Did you know that it was the same guy that did Martyrs? Yes, that's the only thing I know. And I think that makes it makes you expect a very particular movie. That I just makes- wanted it to be good. Well, I I liked it more, I think, than you did. Erica, uh, I'd be really curious what you think of it. I, I thought it was really, offensive. <sighs> I have a really irrational hatred of Jessica Biel. Well, then don't watch it. I thought she was okay in this one. Her, her lack of acting was on display, though. That's the thing is, she's, <laughs> she, she, like, like, she's not a good actress, I don't They think. weren't doing her any favors. They were like, lady, you can't act. Here's some stuff way out of your range. And we're going to try to ugly you up on top of it. So, <laughs> so have fun with that. Yeah, good luck, folks. <laughs> it's not her fault. I get that she wants to do something, but... I don't think she's got it in her, which is a shame. She should just be in Blade 3 over and over again. Or just work on being Mrs. Timberlake. Say, or just have sex with Justin Timberlake. That, that Seriously. But Blade 3, guys, right? Or, I, I love Blade 3. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? I take her love it. With, with no Thank shame. I adore God. Blade 3. Thank God so Eric is here. Sorry, I, I, I had borrowed it from Erica for like six months and I never watched it. I'm sorry. Yeah, she had all three of my Blade movies for like oh, ever. Man, Blade, those Blade movies are great. I adore them. Uh, I then watched a terrible movie. You know, in this small list, I started about eight things and never finished them. Um, when you're in pain, it's really hard to concentrate. Um, I watched a movie called ATM. You know about this is my instinct cue forever. Is it no good? Mine too. I've never <laughs> guys gone to it watch though. it. I will. I will. It's fucking crazy. It's <laughs> not good. Right, it's on top of my list. But it's not as bad as you would expect. Oh. But it's not good. Okay. Um, Josh from Josh and Drake is on it. Oh, it, it's <laughs> That's on exciting. it. He's on it. No, but it's in um uh what is her name? Alice Eve is in it. Alice Eve is the lady in the new Star Trek movie, the blonde. I didn't see it. Anyways, she's in it. It's a weird movie. It's terrible. You should watch it. And um, then last night, I watched... Well, see, this is the conversation I always have. Oh, I really love the Mission Impossible franchise. Really? Yeah, I love the Mission Impossible franchise. It's so good. Even that second one? Yeah, the Mission Impossible franchise is so good. <laughs> Apparently, I had never seen the, the second one uh, until last night. <laughs> the second one is the one with Doug Gray Scott it's, as the villain, right? It's so bad. Well, Why the is one it I've so seen bad? is the third one, which I liked, and I've seen bits of the second one. Oh, the I've, first one's great. 
I still haven't. The first one's De Palma, right? Yeah, man. The first one's first one's great. Third one's great. Um, yeah, and then when Abrams starts fucking with it, it it's real good. Um, but this, I, I don't know how I didn't see the second one. That's really bad. Dublin Scott should only ever be in Ever After. Man, he's he's not cast well. Plus, in fight scenes, he looks just like Tom Cruise. What? Their hair is fluffy in the same way. And they both kind of have heart-shaped faces in this. And, and like, it's a John Woo movie. Also, I didn't know I didn't like John Woo until very recently. (laughs) The more you know. (laughs) So come to find out, I'm not a fan of John Woo. Um, So that is my very tiny list because I couldn't finish a movie. Um, I've got a few. I'll go through them. Um, upon, we talked about it last time, Chris Christine, you had watched it. Um, and NOTLP was reviewing it for Russian Roulette. So whenever they review a movie that I want to see, I usually try to watch it because I want to be able to listen to the discussion. And that was Haunter. Oh, I'm glad you watched it. Yeah, it, the way, I think you had kind of mentioned this, it really did feel like a very PG-13 movie. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, like, you've got... It's a really cool setup. It's a cool concept. It's a ghost story kind of told from the ghost point of view, sort of Groundhog Day, sort of um, Sixth Sense-ish. And But then you have, like, Stephen McHattie as, like, this really scary dude who kills young girls in kind of the most, like, the nicest way you could kill a person. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll remember you said that. Well, like, seriously, because <laughs> if you have this, like, vicious, vicious killer, but he kills people by putting them in a car and turning the carbon monoxide on... Which, mm-hmm. from what I understand, is, like, if you got to go, that's a good way to go. So there was something about it that was very, like, you felt like it was definitely holding back an edge. Yeah. But, but that being said, it was enjoyable. Um, and that made me want to go back and watch um, Vincenzo Natale's first film, Cube. Hmm. I love it's been, Cube. It's been a while for me. It, it holds up. Does it hold up? Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you see the low budgetness, and you hear some of the low budgetness a little more. I think just some of the, some of the dialogue, and I not necessarily a little bit of the acting, but it feels more like just the story is ultimately more interesting than some of the language. Uh-huh. That being said, it's still such a cool movie, and Brandon had never seen it, so watching it with somebody who'd never seen it was really fun, and he enjoyed it, so that made me happy. Um, I did a couple of things on Instant Watch. Uh, one, I decided I wanted to really cheer myself up, so I watched this movie called The Seasoning House. What the fuck is that? Uh, it's a really cheerful movie about um, a uh, uh, set in the Balkans, I guess in like the late 90s, when there was really bad things happening there. And mm-hmm. it's um, this house where they kidnap um, girls and basically prostitute them to uh, soldiers. Um, yeah, no, it's not a cheerful movie by any means. Um, I, this has been like making the round, like the festival rounds and stuff, and kind of enlisted as like one of the like best horror films of last year, and like a, a really good, um, like a very disturbing film. Mm-hmm. It it was decent, like because um, it it is a hard film to watch, but at the same time, it's a film that is not exploitive, even though it's a very exploitive topic. Um, I mean, there is rape and abuse, but it's not done in a way that ever makes it sexy. Um, I don't think there's any actual nudity in a movie where that is set in a house where women are just being so forced into <laughs> prostitution. Um, so, and what's his name? The guy who's in like all Neil Marshall films, 
Um, I think it's like Sean Pertwee or something. He was in Dog Soldiers and um, Doomsday. Uh, handsome, handsomish older guy. Yes. Oh, oh, but then Erica, you know him. He's um, he's he's fingers. He's the Onion Knight. Uh, Davos. He's Davos. Davos Seaworth. Yes, thank you. On Game of Thrones, he's Davos Seaworth. You got so excited. I got really excited because I forgot he was in it. I could literally hear you flailing. <laughs> I, well. I flailed a lot. It was Game of Thrones talk. Um, but he's in it. So it's like, it, it's a, whatchamacallit, uh, it's a well-made film. Um, I don't know who to recommend it to because it's pretty dark. It um, sounds like I would like it, but I don't want to watch it, I Emily. I would like it. The lead <laughs> is really good. The girl who is the lead, um, I mean, in real life, she's not, but in the movie, she is uh, deaf and can't speak. Um, and the actress just does a really great job in the part. It's, it is a depressing film, but then it's a triumphant film. Um, so it's a, I don't know. It's, I'm curious what you think of it. It's like, I hesitate to recommend it because it's like a really dark film that's very kind of realistically done. So it's all this stuff, but at the same time it was, it's well-made and it's the kind of movie that could have been made really wrong. So that's that. I don't know. I don't know if I'm sold on being being sad. Um, This one wasn't sad. Another instant watch was The Dinosaur Project. What's that? Sometimes I feel like we have totally different... um, Apparently we do. Different instant watches. It's like Jurassic Park meets found footage. Okay. Which I will say sounds much more awesome than the movie is, but the movie was was decent for what it was. Um, It managed to do more than you'd expect with a low budget considering you're dealing with dinosaurs and not much money um also uh on instant was a not very good um bloody disgusting disgusting (laughs) called the haunting of helena okay that's another title that might like if you're like me and most of the movies on your instant queue are just low budget horror movies this one will flash forward um eh, it's like a tooth fairy story but it's not very good um, also another, I watched a lot of instant watch horror movies, uh, <laughs> one with, um, everybody's boyfriend, AJ Bowen. <gasps> Which one did you watch? Rites of Spring. Yeah. I like that one a lot. It was decent. Um, it was not what I expected. No. And it was a really strange, uh, cause it's two stories. It's, on one hand, you have like a very simple kidnapping story. On the other hand, you have a sort of human sacrifice, evil scarecrow story. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of tie together, but then it gets very uh, haphazard. Um, it was interesting because it tries to do something different with kind of the traditional, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and it's well made. Um, I agree. It, yeah. It has a really good cast. So it was, you know, it was, it was worth watching. It's a good, I think, um, kind of under the radar little horror film. Uh to mix things up, um, because I'm actually, as we know, deep down a 75-year-old woman, um, I watched a movie called Out to Sea with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. <laughs> this, was, this was a Brannon pick. Um, oh, <laughs> does that make it better or worse? I don't know. It's cute. This is like the kind of movie that if you, you're trying to figure out what to go see with your grandmother, this is the kind of movie that you could watch. I'll take that into advisement. because yeah, it's about Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. It's from, like, 1997 or so. And I think I remember it coming yeah, out. Diane Cannon's in it. Brent Spiner is in it, and he fucking steals the whole entire movie. No, he doesn't. I take that back, because you know who else is in the movie? Elaine fucking Stritch. <laughs> what a bizarre movie. <laughs> it is. 
I enjoyed it. It's cute. It's very harmless. So, uh, again, it's, you know, <laughs> whereas a seasoning house, you shouldn't show your grandmother out to see you can show your grandmother. Uh, and just two more, oh no, three more on my list. I'll go through quickly. Um, a movie Christine recommended last week or whenever we recorded last, like a year ago, um, <laughs> Violet and Daisy. <gasps> what do you think? I really liked it. Yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And it's funny because this, um, Erica, I think you would also really like this one. Okay. Uh, this was Christine's instant watch pick from the last time we recorded. It's Saoirse Ronan and Alexis Beadle and James Gandolfini. Uh, it's very stylized. The dialogue is very stylized. The first five minutes, I wasn't sure if I could do it. But then, oh like, really? Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. This is a little. Oh, I'm glad you stuck with a little it. Hip. But then it it totally works, and it's really cool. The visuals are neat. The language is great. Um, it's written by the guy who wrote Precious. Oh, but she's just interesting. And apparently, this movie like did very poorly, and nobody liked it. it. But I really yeah. liked it. So, uh, okay, very last two. Um, I don't know why I needed to watch something on my commute and I, it was going to be something that I wasn't going to write about. So I was like, Oh, what's on here? Oh, look, a, a Hallmark adaptation of a young adult novel. Everybody reads in seventh grade starring Tommy Lee Jones and a very young Chad Lowe. April morning. The fuck is that? Derek, I've did never you, read did that. Did you have to read this? It's, no, I've never heard of that. Me neither. It was based on a young adult novel about like a boy coming <laughs> of age during the American revolution. No, um, no. Okay, it's just uh, that's what it is. It's a coming of age tale during the American Revolution. Uh, the film version also has Robert Urich and Meredith Salinger from the Journey of Nettie Gann, and um, uh, Rip Torn, being British-ish, kind of uh, for a Hallmark movie, for a Hallmark TV movie made in the late '90s or early '90s, I guess. Um, it's decent you're in the mood for like an adult <laughs> I was gonna say, when will I be in the mood for that <laughs> everybody has their moments and then the last thing because when you're not in the mood for a coming of age tale set during the American Revolution maybe you're in the mood for a 1951 uh, exploitation film based on the lives of Daisy and Violet Hilton the Siamese twins this was a movie called Chained for Life and it stars Daisy and Violet Hilton the famous Siamese twins um an hour long uh you can, apparently it is um public domain it's very hard to hear because it's a very poor recording of it mm -hmm. um but yeah that's always my my um biggest reservation yeah it, it is a shame because it's like it was i mean it, it's weird because it's the movie movie was 51 but it feels like it was made so much earlier because the quality is just terrible mm -hmm. uh and it's very hard to understand anything <clears throat> um, excuse me but that being said um you know there's a guy who plays the accordion really quickly, and that was kind of cool. So, yeah, typical week for me, I guess, is what that comes down to. Um, that being said, ladies, are we ready to talk some movies? Yeah, yeah. We, we're going to go with the happy one first right now. We are going to go with the feel-good <laughs> movie of 1997, 98? 98. I think it's 98, right? Yeah, it's 98. <clears throat> All right, um... Yeah, the uh, the lighthearted movie starring everybody's favorite uh, comedian Tom Hanks, um, also starring comedian comedic actors such as Giovanni Ribisi, mm -hmm. uh, and that would be Saving Private Ryan. So let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's save Private Ryan. <laughs> 
War is a science which a general must use with stratagems and strategies, statistical analyses to know how many soldiers he's prepared to lose. Now, gentlemen, this is the plan for tomorrow's skirmish. The army of the enemy is stationed on the hill, so we've got to draw them down here where they're easier to kill. So you in the ravine, that's the area in green, will move across the plain where you plainly can be seen. Then the enemy in blue will undoubtedly pursue and will hope to keep your losses to comparatively few. And then... And then the men go marching out into the fray, conquering the... We have returned to discuss 1998's um, Academy Award winning, although infamously not a Best Picture winning, Saving Private Ryan. Now, ladies, had you both seen this before? Yes. I had. Did you see it in the theaters? Did you see it? What was your first experience seeing it? I think I saw it on, like, an HBO style channel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you um, like voluntarily sit down to what you were like, Oh, this movie, I should sit down and watch it. Cause it's long. So it's like, um, well, here's the thing about this movie. Um, I know I've seen bits and pieces of it a lot. Mm-hmm. Cause there are bits and pieces of it that are very fresh in my mind. I have seen it in its entirety before as well, but I'm, I think it was just one of those things that every time it was on, I'd kind of just get like sucked into it. Gotcha. And Erica, you saw it in the theater. I did. I saw it in the theater, and I honestly don't think I've seen the... I've sat down and watched the entire thing since then. Okay. Um, for some reason... Wait, let me see. Let me see if the story... I have, like, a story in my head about when I went to go see it, and I'm not 100% sure if it's true or not. fact check that shit. Yeah, we don't, I am. We don't do lies on the feminine critique. Yep. No, it's I lie a lot. I mean, I know what we used to do on Gleecast, but still, it's <laughs> different. Um, my story is absolutely true. I just fact-checked it. For some reason... My mother and I went to the movies to see Saving Private Ryan while my dad took my brother to see Small Soldiers. <laughs> I don't know. You might have bet on the wrong horse there. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I have like a weird love for Small Soldiers small because you were always movie. jealous that you had to go see Saving Private Ryan. And- yes, I think so. My brother really liked it growing, like Small Soldiers growing up. So I've seen it many times and I kind of love it. Um, yeah, and I don't know why that stuck with me that I had to no, go see Saving Private Ryan. I totally understand why that's... Like, I, I remember <laughs> when I was a kid, the only time like I remember that big split was going to see with my mother and sister. We went to see Oliver and Company while, while my dad and my brother saw Rain Man. But like that cool. makes sense in a way. Yeah. The other one doesn't as much, Erica. I have to Why say. did me and my mom go watch the war movie? <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> why was... Your dad and your brother went to watch the little war movie. I mean, it was 1998. My brother was seven. So clearly he couldn't yeah. go see Fritz Saving Private Ryan. But, like, why didn't me and my dad go? Like, and my mom take my brother to see? I don't know. Probably Maybe because your mom was like, look, I'm not into small soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> I like my men big. I, I, I want regular soldiers. <laughs> I want regular sized soldiers. That's funny. Um, no, it was probably because. Is as short as I go, woman. <laughs> it's probably because of Tom Hanks. My mom loves Tom Hanks. But... Well, there you go. 
I don't know. It was just such a weird memory for me. But yeah, that's that's the only time I think I sat down and watched the whole thing. I definitely remember like seeing it and like when the movie started, like the very beginning, I was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like it's not it's not really a spoiler, but, you know, it's that thing. The first time you watch it, you don't you don't know who the character is at the beginning. So like when I watched it, I was like, oh, right, that's blah, blah, blah. Like I remembered who it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um. So yeah, right. I had never seen this movie. Oh, that's surprising to me. Yeah, very surprising to me. Yeah, um, I just missed it in the theaters. Uh, you know, I was sixteen. I had other things to do. Like, yeah, we were doing cool shit. Like, go see Shakespeare in Love and Life is Beautiful, and I guess every other movie nominated that year. Um, and I, with no reason, and then it just became one of these movies I always wanted to sit down and watch, but then thought I can't. I can't wait to hear your point of view as someone who had no youthful memories about it oh, I mean, because i think i'm gonna get get some shit for my opinions oh. on it so well um all right so let's just just jump in then with that in mind uh does anybody want to give a summary or should we just kind of um i mean it's pretty literal um a lady has four sons in the war um, three of them die, so they're like, nah, not this last one. And they send Tom Hanks and his ragtag group of soldiers to go get that last one, and that happens to be Private James Ryan. That would be Private James Ryan. Um, we've got this very, I guess, typical three-act structure, um, which makes sense because it's three hours. Three hours. <laughs> uh, we have the, the opening being the storming of Normandy. Um, the, yes. Which, I guess, let's talk about that first because it is... Super famous. Yeah, what is this film is most known for is, I think, 27 minutes of really, really intense war. Now, you both having seen this fairly early in its run, I guess, um, was that like anything else you'd ever seen? No. No, not not that I can recall. It it left left an imprint, man. That's yeah. some it, it's that is still amazing. I yep. still think it looks it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. It's the cinematography is great. It's put to, it's just put together so well and it's very effective. Yeah, the it's um, a, it's it's flat out upsetting. Like you're tense the entire time. Well, this is something with this movie I was trying to really figure out is now I'm not overly versed in war movies. It's just not a genre that I have seen much of. <laughs> and but I do feel like this is probably is a turning point, but then that's kind of a separate question mark of um, <clears throat> a war. The old, I think it's a, is it Truffaut, I think, who had the very famous quote of, it's impossible to make an anti-war film that is a war film because anytime you show war on screen, you're making it look thrilling and exciting and heroic. And therefore it ends up making war seem like this, It ends up making, no matter what you do, it ends up making a patriotic film versus a, I'm trying to show the devastation of this. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I mean, that's true, certainly to an extent, because I think, yes, when you put soldiers and guns and men dying, it's, there is something exciting about it. And that is, you know, why there's a lot of, I guess, pride within a lot of warm-up films. But when you do the reverse, which this film does, and I think since this film, I think other films have done it. I would definitely say Flags of Our Fathers and um, the other one, um, Letters from Iwo Jima did it, where, yes, no, this does not make anybody want to go to, or at least the first 27 minutes, I should say, do not make anybody want to go to war. 
I would argue. I agree with that. I don't think any of it makes anyone want to go to war. It's all pretty terrible. I mean, except for the fact that this one kid got a, a reprieve from being there. Like, that's the only character who has something good going for him. Like, everyone else kind of gets shit on. Yeah. In order to save him. It's, which is kind of the whole point of the movie. Right. And it seems like there is, um, there's a lot of sentiment on both sides of... Because Spielberg, I think based on the, the one extra that I watched that's on the DVD... Um, Spielberg, I think, began the project as I want to make a World War II movie. And then the more... It's actually really cute on the on the special extra. His dad talks, so you get to see Mr. Spielberg, and it's cute. Um, but, like, it kind of seems like Spielberg started this as I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make my war movie. Um, and then the more he kind of researched it, realized, oh, I'm going to make a very different kind of war movie. But... Uh, Based then on, I don't know if any of you were following in the Facebook group some of the threads that we had going, um, there's some people out there, including Oliver Stone, who still consider this to be a pro-war movie, a very patriotic movie. I think it is. Okay, Christine, tell us why. I didn't like this movie. Tell us why you didn't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't have anything <laughs> articulate to say. That's not a reason say. why. Um, I don't want to speak out of my ass because I really don't know a lot. And it doesn't make for good podcasting. And it doesn't make for good <laughs> podcasting. The microphone's um, just too far away. It, I can't move. My back hurts, guys. Um, I just... Yeah. I thought this movie <laughs> had a very sugary sweet stance on things, and I didn't like it. Um, From the beginning or by the end? Do you think it changed? I'd say it? I think it does change, and yeah. that's my opinion. Um, somewhere uh, midpoint, smack dab in the middle. I think it does kind of switch tone, switch attitude, switch. Like it's not, it's, it's like, I'm going to present you with these dark images, these unhappy, unsatisfying things, but somehow not want to make you feel too bad about them. How do you do that? You yeah. can't. You can't do that. You, I have to feel awful. <laughs> but this movie didn't leave me feeling awful. This movie made me angry because I didn't feel like it was very good to its characters. It didn't do any of its characters any justice, but that's neither here nor there. And I also really want to see the movie about poor Private Ryan having to fucking live his life under <laughs> the pall of... of By the way... Make it, make, it, make it worth it, buddy. What? How do you do that? It is a, it is a mighty, mighty... Jeez, high thing buddy. Oh, Tom Hanks, what were you thinking? That poor guy is... His poor wife. All I could think the whole time was that man's poor wife. Every what day, he, Matt Damon wakes up, turns to his wife. Did I, did I earn it? Did I, do you think I earned it today? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, me, oh, my. Um, but that opening was really good. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's really upsetting. Mm. But this is what I mean. There, there are characters in that opening that are literally on screen for five seconds. Yeah. And when they get shot in the head, you're like, Jesus. Yeah. Like, you get so upset. But then by the time you hit the end, there are people you've been with now for three hours. And you're like, all right, later. It, it, I, I, th I think I'm, I might fall between you two. Because I agree. I think, by, I think for me it is very specifically, it's that third act. It is after. Yeah. And I mean, this, 
this is a movie that like I think isn't is kind of spoiler proof because you kind of know what's happening. Um, so we're not going to you know necessarily go into all the gory details, but the third act when we find Private Ryan, um, and then we kind of get one last stand. And it becomes this very, whereas the first opening is just this brutal, awful, you don't know exactly what's going on. You just know that men are dying in the worst ways. Their body parts are being, you know, separated from them to all of this other kind of more intimate stuff that's happening in the middle, where by the time in that middle section, I felt when characters died, it was really effective. Mm -hmm. Because now I know these guys and now even though it wasn't, it was never quite as brutal as that opening scene when, you know, uh, characters at one point are running and you hear a gunshot and you know somebody goes down and you don't know who and then you you get to that person and you see which character it is. It's really upsetting even though you've, you know, you've seen at this point 60 men die right in front of you. Um, But then once we get to that third act, it kind of, I, I... kind of agree you kind of lose the characters um i you know i was taking notes i looked away i looked up and realized oh i think somebody else died yeah major character and i we're not getting back to that guy so i guess he's dead um and it does end up on a very patriotic note it ends with you get to a sense a point where the germans are very um simple enemies and very easy enemies. I agree with that sentiment completely. And I don't think I could have said it as well as you just did. Well, I am quite eloquent. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I I don't, this movie made me uncomfortable in a weird way and I don't feel like I can articulate it well enough. And I don't want to sound ignorant and uninformed. I will say there was one moment, another moment where it really started to lose me. And this was, and we've, we've talked about Spielberg and we talked about, um, closing hours of third kind. I love Spielberg. I think he's somehow underrated despite being the most successful, famous uh, director out there because I think a lot of cinema snobs like to um, think of him as very mainstream and not a very daring filmmaker. And you watch the first 27 minutes of this film and it's a very daring movie and it's something that nobody else, I think, could really do at that time. But when Tom Hanks about, I don't know, an hour and a half into the movie gives a speech about, you know, what he, who he really is and what he does for a living. And the music kind of gets louder and swells and it's, it just becomes this pure Oscar bait moment mm-hmm. where it was like, oh, you've started to lose me. And it just took something away from the kind of just immediacy of this story. And all of a sudden now I feel like I am in a big budget Oscar-ready Steven Spielberg film. I agree. Erica, what are you thinking? I don't know. I'm just listening to you guys. <laughs> we do so, have quite pretty voices. Sometimes when I'm on the show, I forget I'm on the show, and I think I'm just listening <laughs> to the podcast. Um, I want you to yell something out at some point. Like, what? <laughs> I definitely do that quite often, but apparently not when I'm actually on the show. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I... I I really I I feel like I was kind of the catalyst for covering this because in our conversation we were kind of like well what are we going to pair with Too Fast Too Furious and um, Emily mentioned how 
well, Vin Diesel's not in that one, so we should cover, should we cover one of his movies? And I was like, you know, Christine mentioned she doesn't like Vin Diesel. And I said, well, why don't we do something more serious, like like Saving Private Ryan? And I don't think anyone even knew he was in this except for me, because I'm actually a Vin Diesel fan. Um, I like so him in this. Can I just say that I got genuinely upset when he died in this? <laughs> Thank you! <Yeah. laughs> I was so mad, because I was like, shit, I forgot he's only in, like, an hour. He, I'm like, hour. no, we, there's like seven hours left of this. Is he coming back? He was so cute and charming. Why isn't he that cute and charming all the time? Is you just don't see it yet. You will. <laughs> by the end of this, you will. <laughs> by, by the end of our Glee Cast and Furious episodes, you will you will all love right. him like I do. I believe you. You will search out Triple X and watch it. Um so yeah, so I I realized after watching this how horribly unqualified I am to actually discuss a war movie because it's probably the smallest bit of film knowledge that I actually have. Like I have close to no fil- like war film experience because Yeah, me neither though. <laughs> I genuinely don't like them. <laughs> and like that's an issue when I'm watching one and like I appreciate this movie for for what it is for being a Spielberg film and I like the performances I I like the characters I mean not all of them because you know um what's his face like Ed Burns was a shitty shitty character like he was just a shitty person so but you're not supposed to like him so um but like I enjoyed the performances and I felt pretty much like genuinely upset when characters that I like died mm-hmm. angry at the characters I was supposed to feel angry at speaking of the final act I was that whole part um but I don't know I don't like I feel like I don't have the basis of film knowledge to genuinely critique the movie as a war movie because I don't have that well it's I think what's interesting is we're Christine you also probably are you also agreeing of not being a war film enthusiast Oh, yeah, not at all. Because I think of, like, for me, the when I think of war films, the ones I watch tend to be the ones that are, like, the sort of alternative war movies, like Come and See, or, um, like, even Apocalypse Now, you can put that yeah. out, of where they're <laughs> movies about war, but they're not what you think of when you think of kind of Hollywood war movies. Because I think that was a genre that was bigger before our time. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and for reasons, for different, Ameri- you know, the country goes through different swells of what they want to see in a war movie. And then, you know, in the 70s, which is probably more of our wheelhouse, um, you know, your war movies were coming home in The Deer Hunter, which were very different from, you know, 10 years before when you're looking at John Wayne movies and so on. Um, and so this, I think, really is when you do kind of look at what com- what's come after it. I do think this was good in some ways of kind of um, highlighting the actual horror of war. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that opening scene has become so, like, if you've seen Battle Royale 2, it is very much inspired by Saving Private Ryan, for one thing. <laughs> um, as, are, as are many other, I think, movies. But at the same time, like, this movie still has, it is, I think, still kind of trapped by some of the makings of. Uh, you know, we still have to be really respectful to the veterans. We still have to tell, ultimately tell a story about America being the good guy. In the mm-hmm. end. 
Um, and a lot of those things, I think, do ultimately work against it. Um, again, uh, thank you, because I don't think I could have said that <laughs> as well as you just did. Uh, so do we want to talk about all of the famous faces that pop up in this movie and how, and how distracting it's crazy. it is when you watch it? Mm-hmm. It is well. My two big ones had to be first of all um, Nathan Fillion, right? The right. fake Private Ryan. Yep. Uh, no clue nope. that that was going to happen. Nope. I was like, "Is that little baby? Oh my god, it is little baby. <laughs> He's so cute. He's so cute." And then I had to watch this in two sittings because it's a little long. Um, and in between, I was talking. I was having a conversation about like. Oh, these are the characters I like. You know, I remember this character. I like that one. And I was like, and then the little Weasley guy they just picked up to to do the languages. I stopped mid, mid, mid-sentence and screamed Daniel Faraday at the top of my lungs. <laughs> I didn't realize it was him until I was like a day removed from watching it. For non-Lost fans, that's Jeremy Davis. Davies. I love him. I knew it was him, but it just wasn't clicking for some reason. Oh, it was uh, but about see- one-armed Brian Cranston. Oh, yeah, that was really nice to see as well. I love him. Uh, He's so talented. Leland Orser, because, of course, if you have a movie with character actors, you're going to include Leland Orser. Who, wait, who's that? Um, Do I need to see his face? Uh, no. In Seven, he was, um, Lust. Mm-hmm. Uh, in The Bone Collector, he was The Bone Collector. Uh, well, if you put it that in, way. Okay, okay, in the episode of Law and Order SVU. I'm lo- looking uh, for him. He, I think, was, it's the episode where he was married to Karen Allen and he's schizophrenic. Well, I do like Karen Allen. <laughs> I don't know who that is. His name's Leland? Leland. Why can't I find him? Uh, L-E-L-A-N-D. All right, Trust all right. me, you've seen got... everything. At least two episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy. He's uh, way down at the bottom. Of this movie? Yeah, of the IMDb. Because I think they kind of list them in order of appearance. So. Yeah, probably. You have um, Paul Giamatti, who's I think is... I love Paul Giamatti, but I had the same problem in 12 Years a Slave, where he came on screen and I didn't recognize him, but as soon as he started talking, I'm like, that's Paul Giamatti. Like, his voice is too distinct. Yeah. He sounds too much like Paul Giamatti. Uh, I liked him in this, though. He sometimes does things and I get irritated real fast. Right, right. Um, but he, he, I am in there. A Ted Danson. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, just, that, again, like, I can't watch a war movie where Ted Danson walks in and he's Ted Danson. Like, that took me out a little bit. Um, and there was somebody else that kind of made me be like, ah, oh, who was it? Um, I don't know who the other one was. Not, it wasn't Dennis Farina. Oh, well, that would be another one. <laughs> I love Dennis Farina, man. It was nice to see him. Up in here. Yeah, so the this is definitely a good um, movie reference for any kind of Kevin Bacon game or, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, and remember when Tom Sizemore was awesome? Yeah, and do you know who originally they thought of for his part? I don't know. Oh, yes, you do. If you can't cast Tom Sizemore, who would you cast? I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I got so defensive. <laughs> Who's like essentially the okay? Christine is to Erica what Michael Madsen is to Tom Sizemore. Oh, exact person. I I forgot. That's you're right. You're right. I saw Michael Madsen in real life once. He looked like a wallet. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I don't need any more explanation. I I get it. I get it. It paints a picture. Yeah. 
Um, the writer of this was Robert <laughs> Rodat, who also did um, the most depressing war movie of all time, The Patriot, where everybody dies. I have dies. seen The Patriot. Everybody dies. Oh, you've got a young son? Let's kill him. Oh, you've got a girlfriend? Let's kill her. Oh, you have another son? Let's kill him, too. Ugh. Spoilers, Emily. No, trust no, me. I'm <laughs> never going to watch it. Don't actually watch it. Watch April Morning instead, folks. It's on Instant Watch. <laughs> and it's great for young adults. Um, Robert Rodat also wrote Thor The Dark World. Yes, he did. Um, but most importantly, guys, the most important credit in this movie. Christine, you mentioned, I think, right from the beginning that the cinematography is A1. It is. Uh, cinematographer, um, whose name I didn't write down, but it's something hard to pronounce, I believe. Okay. Uh, he's worked with Spielberg on such films as Lincoln and Munich and Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Uh, also did a beautifully shot film, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. But most importantly, this man clearly learned everything he needed to know about filmmaking from his first feature film credit, a little movie that includes the best date montage of all time, Cool as Ice. <laughs> you know what? That movie does have some interesting shots in it. When you think about it, the montage. Not gonna lie. Have you seen? Yeah, that montage, montage is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, sorry, Private Ryan. I know that like <laughs> you're an Oscar yeah. winner and stuff, but clearly on the 12 minute first date montage that starts with a restaurant, goes to a beach, oh, goes to like a water park. Seriously, folks, check it out if you have not seen. <laughs> Changing uh, lives. Good, that, that movie. It, it changed this DOP's life, I'll tell you that much. I apologize, I didn't write his name down. Like I said, it's something like Yannick Slavkovich or something. I can't pronounce it. Um, but, you know. Oh, it is definitely something like that. It's like Janusz Kam- Well, Kaminsky is the last name. Yeah. Now but the first it name. So easy. It's like J A N U S Z. Janus. It's like the guy Kaminsky. who directed Supergirl. What was his name? It was like Paul. <laughs> I am. Who knows? Exactly. Um, but yeah. So, what else do we have to say about Private Ryan? We we also didn't mention Matt Damon, but Matt Damon is in this movie. Oh, like yeah. everyone knows the Matt Damon. Titular character. Something interesting about that was. Spielberg cast him before Goodwill Hunting was released, I think. And he wanted Private Ryan to be an unknown. Like, he wanted kind of a baby-faced, like, you know, young actor who was not a recognizable name. So he was like, oh, yeah, he was in Courage Under Fire. Great movie. Yeah, good guy. Okay, yeah. And I think he might have seen Goodwill Hunting, but it hadn't come out yet. So when it came out, it kind of ruined some of those plans. But yeah, the kind of... It's not stunt casting, but watching it almost 20 years no 14 years later um so much of it just does feel like a who's who in the 90s of yeah. actors in hollywood and it's not the movie's fault but it you know it takes something away i think <laughs> and a, a young sexy barry pepper as a the oh really, yeah he was as a really christian sniper he really mm-hmm. likes to say stuff before he shoots things he does, and he shoots things pretty good that's how I would have described him, like, if I was pitching this movie. All right, we got a sniper. He loves to say things before he shoots stuff. <laughs> and then we got this Irish guy. He's kind of a dick. And then we got this skinny guy who's really good at physics and also speaks German. <laughs> oh, I wish it was just Lost that I spent three hours watching. <laughs> Is, 
I wonder if he's the only actor in this show that was on Lost. That's crazy to think. I didn't notice anybody else, but I could be wrong. You know what this movie needed now that we're talking about Lost? This movie needed motherfucking Clancy Brown. Brown. Clancy Brown! You said it, I said it. You can't find that shit, folks. Seriously. I really want to watch Lost. Um, (laughs) Back on track. I'm really... An actor who appeared in two episodes of a... 100-plus episode show, Clancy. Because he would have been perfect in it. Clancy Brown would have been perfect in everything. Oh, he's so handsome. Everything. He elevates every material. Pet Cemetery 2, folks. Shitty movie? Mm, oh, no, it's not. It's a great movie because Clancy Brown brings it. Jeez. <laughs> so I'm really glad I rewatched Saving Private Ryan. Because it gave us an excuse to talk about Cool as Ice and Clancy Brown. Um... I mean, it's. I'm glad that I saw it because I think if somebody was like, "So, what do you think of Saving Private Ryan?" I would have been like, eh, "I remember some of the stuff from it. It was, it was, it was pretty good, right?" Yeah. I mean, I think I will say this is. Um, it is not. Um, there is great filmmaking in this movie. The opening is great filmmaking. A lot of a lot else of what goes on, I think, is great. But I just, I think it's more the script and where the sentiment ends up going um, that chips away quite a bit at this movie. So I think this does hold up as, I think this is a great movie, but I have a lot of problems with it. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a question, ladies. Should it have won Best Picture? What was it up against that year? Well, the movie that it lost to was Shakespeare in Love. Um, the other movies would have been um, uh, Life is Beautiful, Elizabeth, and something else. Um, I do not feel qualified to answer as I haven't seen any of the other movies. I think I saw Shakespeare in Love, but it was a very long time ago. I have zero recollection of it. Um, I'd be curious. I, I don't movies. like the movies that they usually pick. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this was a good choice. Yeah, and I mean, it's Oscars are are what they are, so it's just one of those things. But I mean, it was a good movie, my gosh! Yeah, but it's, it's just—I think this is the perfect case of hey, you know how like a movie sometimes isn't for you. Yep. This movie was—I'm the the last person I think this movie was for. Well, I think it's clear that it wasn't made for any of us. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I think this movie was primarily Spielberg's way of making a movie for the World War Two generation um and to kind of like leave something for people who didn't experience that and who didn't grow up with because it's i mean it's something that um i mean because even like my parents are baby boomers they were born after the war the sense of how like i mean obviously in our lives we've now lived through two american wars but it is such a different experience for us than it was for that generation. Just like it was a very different experience, the Vietnam War was a very different experience for our parents' generation. Um, where it is, I appreciate watching this movie because I do feel like it gives me a little more of a generation that ultimately did define where our country is at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, it is so hard to really grasp onto that because it's so far before our time 
even though in a way it's not. It's, you know, what, 70 years ago? Um, yeah, I, I'm losing my articulation here. Um, but I guess I, I guess what I, like, I don't know if I'm making my point or not. Uh, yeah, it, it is not, it's not a movie for us. Um, but I can see what Spielberg tried to do in making a movie that he really wanted to uh, say this was this war to America. And, um, I mean, we kind of already said this, but I, it just, I just feel like it hasn't aged well at all. Because it was, um, I just, I mean, aside from the fact that it's war, I just felt like I had so much trouble, like, wrapping my head around it that, like, this is how wars were fought, like, mm-hmm. and connecting to it, especially because it was so all-star casting. And, like, at the time, these people weren't really famous yet. Right. Mm-hmm. But to me now, I'm like, well, like, it's it's hard for me to relate to the fact that these people had to, like, I, I'm going to sound like such a arrogant asshole and, like, <laughs> spoiled, but it's hard to, for me to understand, like, they had to use maps and they couldn't call <laughs> each other. Like, they couldn't find him because there was no way for them to get in touch with each other. Like, it's just, like, a hard thing for me to comprehend because I've grown up in this generation where I'm always accessible to people and the people I need to talk to are always accessible to me. Um, so it was just really hard to connect with. And it might have been easier if, like, I didn't, like, I haven't, if I hadn't seen Tom Hanks use a cell phone previously, like, it, I feel like it might have sat differently in my head. There's that, that the, the cast isn't, the cast feels too contemporary. Yeah. Right. Because these are all people that I know and I watch like mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Yeah, it's Giovanni Ribisi. He's a Scientologist. Exactly. He was on, you know. I'm like, he has, he's Phoebe's brother. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it is, I think, something that really does make this feel like dress up as opposed to a really visceral war movie. Which is also why I think the opening scene works so well because you're, you don't have time to recognize anybody right. other than Tom Hanks. Yeah. And, and you know he's not going to die right away. Right. So. And I mean, Tom Hanks is one of those actors that is impossible. It's it's pretty much impossible to not see Tom Hanks when you see a Tom Hanks movie. He is such a an iconic um, star versus an actor. And I think he's a very good actor. But because of, you think of the scope of the films he's done, I dare you to watch a movie and forget that you're watching Tom Hanks. It's very difficult to do. Um, and I, you know, I do think that hurts this movie, whether or not it's this movie's fault or not. And whether or not it's even Tom Hanks' fault or not. You know, we had this conversation where we talked about Nicole Kidman and how, you know, she can be miscast so easily. And it's sometimes very hard to look past the fact that you're watching Nicole Kidman. But then you can sometimes because she is a really Yes, yes. sometimes mm-hmm. I can. Yeah. I, I really usually don't with Tom Hanks. Yeah. Even in the old stuff now, like when I rewatch The Burbs or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it's like the old school of acting too. Like it's the way Jimmy Stewart was. You always knew you were watching Jimmy Stewart and that was That's fine. That's true. And they're, and they're. Like a Cary Grant movie is yeah. like, yeah, that's Cary Grant. And Look at him. takes, it's not that it's makes him not as good an actor because there's a lot of actors that can't do that. And when you see Jimmy Stewart do it in different movies, you, you see how good he is. It's just a different kind of style of acting and just being famous, I guess, in a way. Is what I'm saying. Kinda. All right, so do we have any more? 
or are we ready to rate this movie? Sure, I can rate it. Okay. Christine, you sound excited. Do you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> um, which one do we do first? Uh, quality quality of, of film. Film? Um, 6.5. Okay. Maybe um, 7. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. If pressed, I could go 7. <laughs> If, uh, you know, if uh, Michael Madsen came over and, uh, <laughs> or, or rather if Tom Sizemore came over. And, I was going to say, could they not get time Tom Sizemore to come over and defend himself? <laughs> no, he was, he was a little busy visiting Heidi Fly, so he had to send over his proxy, Michael Madsen. Um, I'm going to go higher. I'm going to, I mean, I think, again, there, I, I have issues with the sentiment of the film at a certain point, but I think for... 90 minutes. I think there's some outstanding filmmaking going on. Um, so I'm going to go an eight for quality of film. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Emily. I would go eight. Okay, now quality of life improved upon by watching this film. Six. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to... I mean, I, I feel, again, like this movie has influences and with a different successful um if Spielberg had had gone a different route and this movie which by the way this was the highest grossing film of 1998 which is just interesting to me um Mm -hmm. I think if made differently that could have launched a different direction of movies that might not have been so good so um I'm gonna go 7.5 for me on sitting down and watching it. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I could say I did it. Uh, it's given me a lot to think about. Eric. Um, I'm going to go seven. Now, for comparison, where would you give quality of life for small soldiers? <laughs> um, <laughs> like a 10, like right? 8.25. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like that's important so we can really understand what that number means to Erica. Exactly. Okay, so that was our thoughts on Saving Private Ryan. Uh, I'm going to go seven for the quality of film, like a straight seven, because that opening sequence really did change a lot of shit, mm-hmm. like cinematically. So I have to be serious. That's me being serious. I'm done now. Oh, man. Throw down the mic. Let's go. I don't have one. Like, I'm hitting it. <laughs> you can't hear it. No, no, we heard that. I, I don't know if it recorded, but it sounded good. Okay. Uh, uh, so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Uh, so, ladies, if you will, um, uh, put on your... Ju- I don't know what they wear in Fast and the Furious. I'm, I'm trying to say get ready for it. Like, you should be wearing, like, belly shirts and your shirts tied around your waist. And- no, put on but- your neon-colored clothing that matches your car. <laughs> you could do that. I, however, being as white as I am, I'm going to put on some Converse, white socks, long shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> and we'll be back to talk about too fast Who's 
We've returned in our neon-colored cars. What color? What color, Erica? What color is your car? Oh, it's neon purple. Ooh, purple. Oh, Christine, what's yours? Pink. Okay, I'm going green. I got. My God, I have a vagina, don't I? Well, last time I, I mean, what? (laughs) (laughs) All right, too fast, too furious. Now, before we get to this, um, we should give a very brief summary of how we felt about the first one. So, Christine, you thought it was okay. Yeah, I liked it a lot more than I thought. Um, It was way more dated than I expected, (laughs) which was awesome. Um, It was... I didn't realize it was the progenitor of so many tropes. Um, It, like, is a genre unto itself now. It's pretty Mm -hmm. awesome. Um, It was ridiculous, and I loved it. See, my problem with it was I don't feel like it was ridiculous. I feel like... Um, I found, I find the first, I just gave you the dirtiest look. You couldn't see. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't translate well to podcasting. You didn't think it was ridiculous. Not enough. Like it just felt. What did you want? I find the first film. There are things I like about it. I like the women in it. Um, Yes. I actually like Vin Diesel in the first one. Um, I guess I like what a shitty copy is, but I just don't. I don't understand what they're trying to, why they're trying to do a really complicated heist when there's easier ways to do it. Because it's just what they do. They drive. That's how they do it. Uh, You have to to understand certain things about these people or you will never be on board. I just find the first film very poorly paced. I didn't understand what the hubbub was. I don't find it as fun as the break. (laughs) And the and that the film spawned this series where like people just went ape shit for everything. I was well, like, that's not true. That's not true. This 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 right. has a this franchise has a storied past. Yes, and that's and that's what why I am willing to to sit down and go through each film as. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, can you can you guys did you guys get into the fact that that big race in the first one was called the Race Wars? <laughs> and how and how misleading that is <laughs> like that seems real misleading okay, this kind of brings up my first issue with the movie so it opens like there's a big race and like there's all these people they're all excited to watch it but nobody actually can see anything that happens in the race they see when the cars leave and then like five minutes later cars come back but like all the crazy shit that we see nobody else sees that Mm-hmm. Plus, they don't have slow mo, so they lose a lot. Right, and no like kick ass soundtrack. Like it's- I agree. I agree. No, no, no. I agree with you. Who's watching these? They don't seem very exciting. Right. Like, and that just bugs me as a spectator. Yeah. You know, it's it's why I don't always like going to games of things because usually you can see it better on TV. Yeah, like wrestling. Yeah. Oh, totally. Not that I've been to multiple wrestling Nothing events. Wrong if you have, girl. I have. Well, I have. <laughs> I have. Okay. But um. It, it the, the first one is not perfect, obviously. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. Now, Erica, you like the first one much more than I do. Oh, yeah. But I don't love it as much as I love later to come ones. Okay. It's it's kind of <laughs> like um, 
let's see. I it's well, this is where this whole thing started is that it's kind of like the first step up movie <laughs> where <laughs> how many times during these movies did you just pause it and scream? I wish I was watching the step up movies. I did constantly. <laughs> I, I ruined this DVD doing that. It was bad. really obnoxious. I can't even imagine what it was like to watch this with me. Oh, did you just wish you were watching Step Up 2 right now? Because I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like it it's, a nece- it's necessary and I enjoy it for what it is because, again, I love Vin Diesel. Um, and I enjoy Paul Walker, RIP. I miss him dearly. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, it's not, it's not great, um, but it's not horrible. It's not as bad as the first Step Up movie. I, I, I'll say that. Because that movie's pretty god awful. Yeah, I would agree um, with that. But I appreciate it for what it is, and that it's you know it spawned this great thing that I really really enjoy and love, and feel a little sad that I don't actually own yet. But they're all fifteen dollars on Blu-ray at Target right now, so I might very soon. Okay. Now um, let's get into Too Fast, Too Furious. Can, before we get into anything about it, can I talk about how stressful this DVD is? Because the menu makes you pick a car? What does that even mean? Like, oh, if I, I picked a different car, would something... Would I have watched a different movie? Was there a director's cut? I don't know. I doubt it. I didn't watch the DVD, though. <sighs> Christine, did you have trouble with this, or did you also not watch a DVD? No technical difficulties whatsoever, folks. Not- no attention to the great editing that I'm not doing. Uh, we were talking about how this DVD really stressed me out. Okay. Christine. Because of the intense action. Did you, no, did you watch the actual, (laughs) did you have a physical DVD that you had to put into a DVD player or a computer? You know what? In this crazy age we live in where things just enter internet into your house. (laughs) And sometimes you pay for them and sometimes you don't. Guys, this DVD, you put it in, like it comes in in a box or a sleeve. You open it, you take it out, you put it in your machine, you close the door. Um, and instead of just being like press play or instead of being like director's cut, alternate cut, it's like pick your car and there's four different cars and you have to pick them and they don't have any words. And Ooh, whose cars are they? I don't remember. I was, I was oh, like frazzled lame. trying to figure out, like, I don't know if one's an unrated cut or one's the R cut or one's the director's cut or anything. You don't know. You just pick a car and hope for the best. Um, I can so did ahead. it work out okay? I don't know. We'll find out as we talk about Too Fast, Too Furious. So that freaked me out. Did so you guys didn't get the short video, uh, the prequel video connecting the two films, did you? Then no. Wait, uh, with Vinnit on the beach or whatever. Um, it's no. There's like a little short video called I think it's like Brian on the Run, and it's it's Paul Walker, um, like right. My least favorite character. Let me just say (laughs) that. Um, again, yes. Very sorry for his untimely passing, but can we say we clank? I don't know. Um, so you have, uh, there's like a maybe five minute little short video montage of him running from the police. And essentially the cops take out like every resource available to track him. So there's a moment where like it's Paul Walker, um, like his face is like on the front page of every newspaper because they're looking for this <laughs> cop who left his job. Now, let's just get into <laughs> world so, news, folks. Here's the thing, though. In this movie, why are actually why are cops looking for Paul Walker? Um, I don't know. Because he let a, a felon no, no, go. No. But what are they actually looking for him to do? He committed a crime. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. 
But what do they, once they find him, what do they then do to him? Do they put him in jail? Oh, are we going into the film? Yes, the synopsis? Because I think this, is a, this actually is an issue. <laughs> So oh, this isn't a hypothetical. I'm like, wait, are, are we? I thought you were still talking about the short. I got confused. Well, because okay, in the short front page of the paper, giant picture of Paul Walker saying, you know, dirty cop on the loose. Find him. Call us for the details. So what happens when the cops find Paul Walker? They're like, okay, you're going undercover. Gee, maybe you shouldn't okay. have put his picture on the cover of a newspaper calling him a cop. Not to split hairs or anything. But in the first one, they made it quite clear that they weren't sure what Paul Walker was going to do. They were like, look, we understand you don't. You're having a crisis here. Whatever. It's fine. There's like, there is a scene that is exactly like that. They're like, oh, I don't know. You know, you got to follow your heart, man. If you want to let him go, let him go. If you like his sister, then let him go. I don't know. Whatever. Did, did that that did that or did that not happen? I'm almost positive something like that well, happened. Paul Walker is the worst police officer in the history of police officers in movies. But that's what uh, makes it so great. <laughs> These movies terrible. defy logic. They, they they make no sense. Yes, and I will say, I, I will reveal my hand early. I was expecting that because this one has the reputation as being the shit one. Yeah, this is the one that really let people down, I, I think. I was dreading watching this one because I knew everybody hates two. Everybody says, like, oh, three is where it kind of starts to turn around. Like, oh, yeah, no, one's, oh, but two is a really bad one. So I was dreading watching this one. I thought this one, I, I have problems with it, but I found this one. And, and I watched this one maybe, like, two and a half weeks ago, and I remember so little of it because it's really not very, like, <laughs> affecting. But I really enjoyed watching this one. Me too. Because it's ridiculous fun. It's it's a lot of fun. It's much more fun than the first one, I think. Oh, absolutely. It just, it gets itself a little more right away. The colors, it, this is directed by John Singleton. Not known for, you know, these kinds of, like, fun films. Um, but this, like, has a real lightness to it. I mean, the entire opening scene is just a video game. It's a straight mm -hmm. up, you're just watching a video game. Yeah. Like the the all the drivers match their cars and they have yep. like ridiculous personalities and like you you literally just watch them drive as if they're in a video game and it's so much fun. Yep. I love it. Um, my biggest uh, disappointment though is I found we had what is it? It's Cole Hauser as the villain. Yeah. Yes, it's Carter. <laughs> right. And I assume the villains get better in these movies because how can they not like, like there's just so, like there's so much room for a villain to have a like to be really cool in a Fast and the Furious movie, and he's just really dull. Um, he is, and is he sometimes trying to do some kind of Latino accent? Oh, I thought he was supposed to be like Italian. Oh, no. I don't know what he was doing. It was so bad. <laughs> he's definitely Latino. But he's got red hair. Are there redheaded Latinos? I is thought his hair was like. In real life I thought is. like somebody broke a pen into his head and like rubbed <laughs> in the black ink. It looked really bad. <laughs> um, no, he's definitely doing a Latino thing. Oh, yeah. That's why Eva Mendez works as his. Well, yeah, right? Yeah. Here's something I love about this movie is, like, when Paul Walker or, uh, I think it's Paul Walker, tells the, like, James Ramar, who, James Ramar, everybody, hollow that. Uh, I am. He looks real good in this movie, too. When, when he tells them that, like, oh, I think Ava Mendez is compromised, she's sleeping with him. Well, okay, how the fuck else do you get, like, 
inside of a major drug lord's venture. Like, you're a hot chick. You were sent here to be undercover. Obviously, you got to sleep with them, right? Am I wrong about this? No, that's clearly what you do. It's driving me nuts that we didn't synopsize it. Okay, Erica, can we synopsize it? Oh, I would. Re- I think it would be helpful considering I don't really know what this movie was about. <laughs> so, basically, the FBI recruits Paul Walker to after a national manhunt where they, yes. have, you know, every citizen in the country looking for him. Which isn't actually in the movie. It's some pretend thing that Emily made up. It's on the DVD. <laughs> um, the legal people would know. <laughs> so so the FBI brings in Paul Walker to go in undercover with Ava Mendez who's who's been undercover for a year with this uh, Miami drug exporter and in exchange for infiltrating and getting this guy caught then the, he's going to get a clean record and um originally the FBI tries to assign him a driver and Paul Walker is like blah 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 fancy car terms and the guy's like i don't know and he's like yeah i can't drive with this guy so he gets them exactly he's awful um so paul walker gets them to go and get his friend who's under house arrest roman pierce aka tyrese gibson the best very handsome tyrese (laughs) yep and um The two of them. And gratuitous shirt off moment. Right? What's going on there? But (laughs) this Um, one was a lot more man heavy than the first one was. Yeah, we basically just have Ava Mendez and Devin Akoi. Yeah, she's not even in it that much, which is super disappointing. Her belly isn't a lot, though. Her belly isn't a lot. She's so cute. I like her. And her. Um, Thank you for explaining that movie to me, Erica. No problem. So, yeah, so they, (laughs) they infiltrate and they drive for him and, um, yeah, that's what happens. Talk about some convoluted shit, though. They're doing some stuff that just does not seem to make much well, sense. like the job audition. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when you hire someone, there's a lot of ways you could hire them. You could check their resume. You could call their last place of employment. Or you can have a really, really complicated system where they have to go reclaim your car. Um, no, not your car. The package from the glove box. Package in the glove box, but it's like from the have, impound lot. But it's like you have an audition where it's like open call people who like to drive, and, <laughs> and like twenty people with cars show up, and then some of them die. Yeah, that's fucking dangerous shit, man. That's why you don't want to get into this. He Carter needed good drivers. He needed people who were going to drive fast and furious. <laughs> That's what it said in the ad. Looking for drivers wanted fast and furious. Must be fast and furious. Yes, please come to the open call Friday, March 6th. At my personal home address. Please don't come if you're police. I'm a drug exporter. All of these things are pretty much true. This is why I wanted to cover these movies. This is the best part of my week right now. <laughs> and that's the thing is this, like, to me, the first one just doesn't have that factor. Whereas this one, exactly what you're saying. Like, he has a job audition for drivers. <laughs> but it's a really exciting action scene. It is actually pretty cool. And, like, to me, in the first one, I just, I don't find the car scenes that exciting. Like, they just, they're very convoluted. Whereas in this one, I understand a little more of what they're doing. So, like, I can kind of figure out things a little better. Um, And again, I'm also kind of spatially challenged when it comes to cars because I drive, like, twice a year. 
Well, I I still don't understand how they. Sh- I drive stick shift, and they shift so many times, and I'm like, "What are you doing? You're you. There's only five gears. I don't understand <laughs> where you're because of the NOS. <laughs> well, so even I don't understand that part, but <laughs> I let it go. God, do you understand the ejecto cedo? I do. Do you have I, one? Because I ride in your car a lot. I would really like, <laughs> just tell me if you're going to do that one day. Yes, I have a secret ejector seat just for Emily. Yes. With a half tank of NOS under Nice. Um, has anybody ever, now, okay, we, we have a, a great character actor stops by, Mark Boone Jr. Mm-hmm. Who you'll mm-hmm. know from Sons of Anarchy and... Uh, and and hey, and uh, Batman. Batman, yeah, and uh, Batman. You know, it's technical name Batman. <laughs> Anything else where you need like kind of like a really dirty looking middle aged dude? Yeah, um, talk about convoluted. All right, let me just say that. I'm talk about the torture scene, right? Because I don't understand how this works. No. It doesn't. It takes too much time. It yields little results. Just make shallow cuts along his stomach, and then you'll freak him out. And maybe he he'll, he might bleed to death. He might pass out. Erica, can you explain the torture scene? Yes, absolutely, Emily. It happens in Game of Thrones. Where are you right now? Well, I, honey, I'm done with Game of Thrones. I've I've read it all. When it's no, 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 no. I don't mean that. I mean like in your head. Where are you? Like, what don't you understand? They do the exact same okay, thing in Game of so Thrones. So they take Mark Boone Jr. And they put a rat on his belly, and they put yes. a bucket over the rat. Yeah. And then they light a blowtorch to make the rat start to nibble, I guess? Yeah, he freaks out. The rat freaks the fuck out. Right. Yeah, because it's like, it's getting hot in here. I'm going to burn alive. There's no place for me to go except to burrow into this okay. nice, soft area. So I'm going to scratch lightly at his stomach while they do that for two minutes and people get bored. So now, but here's the other thing. <laughs> So now they're doing this with like in the private club and Mark Boone Jr. is like right there. He's a, he's a dirty cop. And so they're trying to get him to do this thing for him. And he's like, no, no, no. And then once the rat starts chewing on him, he's like, okay, okay, I'll do anything you want. So then by do anything you want, we, it's like two days later and Mark Boone Jr. is like at his job being a cop and he's supposed to do what he's supposed to do for them. But at this point, he's just on his own. There's no rat there. There's no... None of Cole Hauser's people are there. Like, all he has to be do is what he does in the movie, spoiler alert, which is not do what he told the bad guy he was going to do. Because you can't torture someone and then expect a week later for them to be like, okay, I'll, I'll yeah, man, you tortured it out of me. No, because right, he's, it's a week later. He's got his gun now. He doesn't, he's not afraid of a rat anymore. Right? Like, it's really poor planning from a torture perspective. Look, man, that whole thing didn't make any sense. If it was like, I'm going to kidnap your, your cat and hold him for ransom and I have your cat in a room with a rat over his his nether regions um, and I'm not going to free that cat until you do this, that makes sense. But a week later, it does not make sense. I think it's implied by the craziness of the rat is still there no 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 no. that's not what i'm saying saying i think this lunatic being like i'm gonna use a rat and a bucket to torture you i think it's pretty much implied that if you don't do what i want i'm gonna come find you and kill you you know what else is implied is oh if i don't do what you want you get arrested and go to jail and then you can't put rats on my belly anymore not necessarily though he almost got away it wasn't guaranteed that if he didn't do what he wanted, he that Carter was going to get arrested because he let it he let the wrong place leak. He didn't count on Brian and and Roman being able to stop him. 
So he would have gotten away if not for the two of them. So you're saying you condone rat blowtorch torture is what you're saying. You're saying it works. Oh, it gets a job. Done. I think it's ineffective. But I'm saying I it makes it seem way more interesting than if you're just like, we're going to cut you. Ooh, well, here's I mean, but, but you even see once he moves the bucket, he didn't really do much damage. Well, I blame the makeup department for that. Well, they could have made it look like at least he had like bites or nibbles or something. He had like two scratches. Psh, nothing. <laughs> I still think it was more interesting to watch, and I think it was like I don't know. I don't I know. Don't make me. I'm getting. I think. I just hope I'm getting. It's better in these movies. Way too much joy out of Erica defending this scene. <laughs> <laughs> I just really want to keep shitting on it, so she'll keep defending it. <laughs> I just like this movie. I just want to defend it. Oh, it's a good movie. It's it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's I for sure. It. I just have a lot of questions. Like early on in the movie, when Ludacris, who you might remember from such things as Law and Order SVU, he, he I mean, among him. other things. Among other things, no Law and Order SVU. Um, so he's running this race, and not his rapping career. What rapping <laughs> career? He doesn't do that on SVU when he plays Finn Tutuola's um like evil seed nephew. <laughs> Very important cliffhanger episode in season 12. Um, so Ludacris is running this race and they put 30. First of all, I didn't understand 35 large. What does that mean? Is that 35,000, 3,500? I and thought it was 35,000. Yeah, I think it's thousand. Okay. And so another, but which is a like, lot of money. So, but, but as soon as they say that one of the dudes just takes out of his pocket, something in a rubber band and gives it to them. Do, do people in Florida carry around in rubber bands, like denominations of thirty five thousand, because I think what he did it was really impressive. If you're gonna be in a street race, you do. I think you need to be prepared if that's like what you're gonna do. It's like in movies yeah. when people go on dates and it's like, okay, dinner tomorrow night, and that's the end of the conversation. And it's like, <laughs> but where are you being? What time? What kind of food? Do I have to check my allergies? Do I have to know what kind of dress code there is? Like, it was one of those moments of just... So like, you, wanted, you wanted him to write a check, basically. <laughs> or, to, or to, like, reach in his pocket and count out the money, right? But how would that... You have change of a... No, man, you don't flash your money like that. What's wrong with you? Well, how do you just... So but what if he was, like... 25? Nah, man, he knew. What if he said 25 large? He would have ta- taken out a bundle and a half. He would have a scene where he would have had to take out... Well... I'll 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 keep making up stories and defending this shit. Don't you worry. Originally, they actually raised the stakes when when Brian got there. So he might have already collected one amount of money, say fifteen grand. So he might have just had a denomination denominations of ten grand rolled in his pockets. So he or twenty grand. So he might have just taken out one of those to add to the original fifteen. Maybe. Maybe, huh? Maybe. Huh? I like that. I think it works. Mm-hmm. Let's. Put it in writing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. Damn it. Uh, now, we do not have Michelle Rodriguez in this movie. We do not. We do not. Um, but we do have Eva Mendes. Eva or Ava? I thought it was Ava. I think it's Ava. All right, we'll say Ava. I don't know. I could be wrong, though. Um, and I, I feel like she's a little underused. I think it's like Sure. Her. And, I, I mean, I don't know if... She doesn't come back, right? I don't know. Does no, she? I, I. Okay. Um, I know way too much. Oh, see, I know nothing other than like, at some point, Vin Diesel's back, and at some point, everybody's back. Um, I don't know if James, does James or Mar come back? 
I don't think so. That I don't think he does. He doesn't really play that much of a role. But I like it. Like, he's just such the blatant dick of, like, everything he says in this movie is exactly what you know a character has to say. Yeah. Um, Did you know um, Ava Mendez was in a Children of the Corn movie? Oh, it's part four, right? Or part, no, v- no, no, part, no, no, part four v- is Naomi Watts. It's five. part yeah, V, part yep. Fields of Terror. Yeah, that one's really boring. Mm, I want to watch it. No, see, to me, um, three is actually really fun. That's the one in the city. Four is the one, I think, with Naomi Watts. And that one's not terrible, just because Naomi Watts is pretty good. I remember, I feel like from five on, they're just really boring. Mm. It's, got a good, it's got a good cast, though. Just uh, There's saying. a few other people in that one, too, I think. Right? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. David Carradine, Fred Williamson. Ooh. Yeah. Taking it for the show. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, Erica, want to come back for that one? <laughs> Is this Children of the Corn cast now? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We'll do, we'll do that. Those. Oh, no. I don't want to say that. Never no. mind. Pretend I, pretend I <laughs> never mentioned it. But yes. I think if I think what what you're saying is Ava Mendez was boring. <laughs> That's what you were saying. I right? like the idea of her character. Uh, yeah, but they did. She didn't fine, do anything. She didn't get to do anything. Yeah. She had absolutely no work to do at all. She when had you have to look hot, that was her job. But when you have like pretty interesting ladies in the first one, yeah, definitely. And then you transition to this one broad who they're they're giving shit for. For boning this dude, and then wait, she starts boning. That's what I don't understand, she Erica. Bone him, but she wants to bone. Paul. You need to explain to me. Yeah, and I think Paul, they were fucking. Were they fucking? Oh my Erica? god! Yeah, and why? Like, I feel so attacked. Choice, <laughs> oh my goodness! Can we say the choice between Paul Walker or Tyrese? She Tyrese? Tyrese without his shirt on. Come on, who is this woman, Erica? But, talk. I, I don't know. Apparently, there's something really appealing about dirty cop Brian O'Connor. <laughs> I am the only one who sees it in this trio of ladies. Uh, yeah, I don't get the appeal. I really don't. But they weren't having sex, or they were? Because I was convinced she they wanted, were. She wanted to. She him. wanted to, but they they weren't. But how did she end up at his at his houseboat that morning? Wasn't she that weird? She snuck. Well, it was a little weird. She snuck out to like she pretended to leave know. the house and snuck out to warn him that that Carter was going to kill them no matter what they did. But didn't there feel like there was something missing? Like all yeah, of a like sudden a they were kissing. Scene. Like there was a scene and they were kissing and then you were like, wait, what? I don't know. Maybe it was and just she me. was like wet. I think she like swam. <laughs> <up. laughs> That's what I didn't. Un- yes, I had. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm a little iffy on that scene. Wait, did but she swim from? I, the- <laughs> I think she swam up to the boat. Because she gets in his boat and like her hair is all wet. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh man, maybe I should get the disc to see the deleted scenes. That's a good point. Is there a deleted like like um little like canoe uh, chase? Because that would be pretty good. <laughs> That'd be funny. Oh man. Um, yeah, I don't know. That scene is weird, but I just roll with it and pretend it didn't happen. Okay, cool. Well, good. That's what I did. So now I feel a lot better. I'm like, oh look, she's warning them. How nice. Does Tyrese get a love interest soon? Because he comes back. Me. Right? Tyrese comes back. Okay, yeah. good. Because he's delightful in this movie. He, yeah. I don't know that I'd ever seen him in anything other than like when he was on America's Next Top Model a couple of times. Um, <laughs> but he's just really fun and he's having fun. Um, he's really charismatic. And yep. I found him the highlight easily of this movie. He is the best part of this movie. Yeah. 
Well, are you hungry? Because we hungry. It's my favorite part. <laughs> I forgot that you were really excited to say that. I was. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like I said, like very little of this movie stuck in my head. Because um, it is it is very forgettable. It's very lightweight. Nobody that you care about at any point or like fear dies. Right? Like there's like two deaths that I caught or one death. <clears> and it's like just dudes at the car audition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, compared to the first one. It's, it does, it's not a weighty film. No. <laughs> and I mean, the first film wasn't, but it kind of tried to be. And Karen Yeah, there were implications to actions and shit. Yeah. And like the whole like Vin Diesel just, what is it like? A drive, one lane. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Come on. No, no, no. But you gotta do your best Vin Diesel voice. Oh, man. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. That was really accurate, though. That's that's almost not funny. It's so accurate. I just spilled. I drooled water all over my <laughs> For you, ladies. That's right. Thank you. I think it's better if I had like food in my mouth, but there's no food around here, and all like the closest <laughs> thing is like a dollar bill, which is just disgusting. Work. You know, wait. I'm trying to think of who told this story. I feel like I've told you this story before. It was. Was it? It might have been Kevin Smith on Hollywood Babylon podcast. Um, was talking about Vin Diesel, and he was talking about how he was like in the studio when Vin Diesel was recording his were his lines for Iron Giant, uh-huh. <laughs> and he the line the line is basically like tree, and then he said that like <laughs> Vin Diesel did it like he got really serious before he did the line like you know he like prepped for the line he was like all right all right I'm ready. And he did the line, and then he was like, wait, wait, I want to go again, I want to go again, I want to do a second take. And he, go, he like, preps again and, like, gets ready, and he, and he goes to deliver the line, and he says it the exact same way. And he's like, <laughs> I felt much better about that one. I think that one was it. That was it. We got it. And like, we got that it, just, We got it. I'm done for the day. I'm oh, it just makes me happy that he, he took... Pretty good. Takes was, that all so seriously. He's very serious. He's a very serious gentleman. It's craft, yo. It's craft. <laughs> One quarter mile at a time. Live my life a quarter mile at a time, man. Oof. So I, mean, I was concerned because as much as um, I wasn't a fan of the first movie, I did think Vin Diesel and, and Michelle Rodriguez was really the best part of the first movie. So I was concerned this being the Vin Diesel-less one. Um, but I think Tyrese more than makes up for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's super fun. Um, and there's a boat car at the end. Oh, man. Yep. Which I was kind of on board with. I'm, uh, pun intended. Um, can we talk about, like, the best part in the whole movie when they pull into those garages during the big chase scene? You know what? That was pretty cool. And then they open all the garages and all the cars come out and it's like, scramble, and they can't find them. Oh, it's so good. Oh, she was so cute and childlike in that moment. <laughs> that was adorable. <laughs> but it's such a fun scene. No, it really is. This movie's a lot of fun. It is fun. Yeah. 
they're like like they're being chased by two different helicopters because like the FBI is tracking them and the the city police are tracking them and they're like the city police are interfering with the FBI investigation but they have this whole plan that the FBI FBI doesn't know about. It's just really a fun scene to me. Oh, they see. get all their all their racing buddies together and they're like, we're gonna confuse the cops. <laughs> it's a shame they couldn't communicate a little bit better. Well, it's also interesting how they're actually able to communicate quite well, considering they're driving like 200 miles an hour. Oh, I just meant the different oh, yeah. organizations. Oh. <laughs> but you're right. They do talk to each other an awful lot, considering. <laughs> they, they're in Seabiscuit when, like, Toby McGuire's on a horse in a horse race where the horse is running really fast. But he's, like, totally talking to the dude next to him about, like, how you doing? I'm good. Okay, I'm going to go now. <laughs> no, that's not how horse racing works. But Brian and Roman are bros. They came up together, man. They don't they don't have to hear each other to know what the other one's saying. Oh man. Have I given this too much thought? <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> I don't know if it's possible to give too much thought to this movie because it's complicated in a lot of ways you don't expect it to be. I like it. I think it's a good time. Are are there still things you're confused about, Emily? Do you need more help? I, I do need to see it again. I still feel a little unsure about some of this stuff. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not I, kidding. I'm not it's kidding. funny, though, when I, when I look through my, my questions, my, my notes, and I have so many question marks, most of them have been answered. But it's like, yes, what does 35 large mean? Question mark. Do people keep that amount in a rubber band? Question so maybe, maybe you need to, really, maybe you need to see it again. I think so. And put the pieces together for yourself, because I need to. And you can make a drinking game out of how many times characters nod to each other. Oh, that sounds fun. There's a lot of nodding. Like, they don't need to talk, they just nod. Was this this before or after Ocean's Eleven? I think it's after. This movie was 2003. 2003. Um, Yeah, that was 2001. Damn it. I wanted to try and claim that Tyrese started the eating in every scene thing. But he just stole it from Brad well, Pitt. Or you could say that that was like Elaine on Seinfeld started that. Give credit to where it's due, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Okay, I apologize. I didn't watch Seinfeld, so I wasn't aware. Oh, that's right. We've talked about that before. We have. Yeah. still find that odd. But anyway, moving on from that uncomfortable moment in our podcast. <laughs> yeah, you guys, I could cut the tension with a knife right there. <laughs> Don't make us talk about Lost either, because... Well, that would be all, yeah. Yeah, This could get ugly pretty fast. Like, ugly as in Mark Boone Jr. getting rat-nibbled on ain't got nothing on that, so... No, that's pretty ugly. Back away. Um, All right, well, what more do we have to say? Do we have more to say, or are we, uh, you know... Oh, oh, one one thing I wanted to say. When James Ramar um, kind of, like, almost blows their cover because he's chasing after them... Because he's afraid that Paul Walker is running. Oh, yeah. Like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? And it's like, no. Why shouldn't he think that? Because he did it before. Right? This is why this yeah, movie right? kind of confuses me. Because sometimes I don't understand everyone else's reactions. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. Wait a second. Why is everybody acting like that now? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but there was like, there was no reason for him to go after him because they had the cars wired with GPS. Like, they would know where they are at any time. So why did he have to run out of the office and go chase after them and meet them when they stopped? Like, they were stopped in one place. There was no need for you to pull up and be like, why are you running? Because they weren't anymore. Does that clear it up for you, Emily? 
Somebody's watched this movie more than once, I see. Dude, I've, I've only seen it twice, actually. <laughs> well, I'm you a- definitely have more comprehension than I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a very logical thinker. Yeah, I just get very fixated on like things that confuse me, like what 35 Large meant. That really was like upsetting I'm me. I'm sorry you're so stressed out about it's this. It's okay. It's, it's not you. It's, it's me. It's something I have to work through. It's the details. I'm okay. Um, but those, I mean, those are my notes. Christine, do you have uh, more questions to ask Erica? No, I really wish, like, I watched the first one and I got super excited, so I immediately watched the second one. And that was a while ago now. I should have waited. Yeah. yeah it, but it, but it's it's really, it was really, fun. yeah, it was really fun. I was like, yeah, yeah let's watch them all. all right. I'm glad I... I have seen the third one a bunch of times, though, because it used to always be on cable. So. They're always on cable. But I think I've only seen, I've, well, now I've seen the first, I've seen the first one more than, more than once, because I think I saw it when it came out. The second one I've only seen <laughs> twice. Um, the third one I've only seen once, and I think the fourth and fifth one I've only, oh no, the fourth one I've seen once. The fifth one I've seen twice, because Mike and I kind of were watching the trailer for the fifth one, and we were like, I really want to watch that. So we watched it and we were like, this was so good. Let's go back and watch the whole series. And that's, that's when it all started. Ah, and the legend was born. Yeah. I'm excited to rewatch the fifth one. And guys, I haven't seen the sixth one yet. So we need to get to that soon. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. All right. Let's make this happen. Okay. So on that note then, mm-hmm. shall we rate it? Sure. All right. So quality of film. Um, I would say that I would personally give the first film, as far as quality of film, probably like a 5.5. Like, uh-huh. I think it's just kind of a very average movie to me. Whereas this one, I mean, it's ridiculous, but it is fun. So I would probably say for quality of film, I'm going to go 7.25. Yeah. I, I was going to do, do 7. I thought that was too high. I'm glad you went high. <laughs> I have no... Save it, my Private Ryan. Seven. <laughs> I wasn't sure I gave it lower than Save It Private Ryan. Well, I'm right, they're right on par with each other. <laughs> um, I'm going to go 7.5. Yep. Uh, solid scores. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now that I'm thinking of it, I guess I'd probably more of like a 7 and then quality of life 7.5. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll amend mine and say that. Quality of life, Christine? Um, Probably like an 8. Um, it, it actually, it's goofy and silly and fun, but it, it's, it kind of knows what it is and I have to respect it for that. It does what it's doing pretty well. I agree. Erica. Yeah. Quality of life. It, I, I was also going to say eight. Okay. Cool. Cause it's super enjoyable. All right. Well, Erica, you will definitely come back to us in, I don't know, a couple of episodes when we move on to Tokyo Drift. Yeah, I'm here when you guys are ready, man. What do we pair with that one? You guys would know. I haven't seen it, so I don't know what makes sense. Oh, let's do Drive Angry. Oh. Why did I do that? I I don't know, but it sounded... (laughs) I'm not arguing with it. We Um, were just talking about Drive Angry. We were just talking about Drive Angry, and it was just on TV. Uh, Erica, did you see Drive Angry? I have not. I intended to, and then I never did. Well, I've seen it like six times, and I own the Blu-ray, so come over and watch it with me. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'll just hop in the car. I'll be right there. (laughs) Well, if you're driving at the speed, if you're driving fast and furiously, you'll be there in like, like, what, three hours? 
or three yeah. days, something like that. Load up on the NOS and you're good. All you right. guys, I totally forgot Zachary Ty Bryan is in Tokyo Drift. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah! It's so exciting! Whoa, whoa. you can carry the rages, Zachary Ty yes. Bryan? Yes! Whoa, okay. Alright. <laughs> we can always cover that this time because I finally got it. And then I can send it back to you because I'm a terrible friend. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we'll discuss it and we'll okay, surprise. Okay. So yeah, th there are options then. So we'll think about both. Um, before we exit, though, uh, first uh, Netflix Instant Watch picks, ladies. Do we have them? I do. Okay. I I have something to say. Yes. Okay. Oh good. Oh good. Erica, <laughs> you have to say. Oh well, I'm gonna say that I think you guys are being selective and only saying Netflix instant picks. Ooh. So I'm going to go with a Amazon Prime instant oh, pick. Oh, thank you. I never use mine. What would I what would I watch, please? Well, it's kind of it's kind of a twofer, <laughs> which is in way a fourfer. Um everybody all three seasons of Veronica Mars are on Amazon Prime and everybody yes, right. should watch them and then download the new Veronica Mars movie which is available in iTunes and and on Amazon and basically everywhere except Netflix right now because it was so good. Oh, was it? I need to fucking get on that. Oh, Thank I, you. I really enjoyed it a lot. Like, if you like the show and you enjoyed the show and you remember, like, enough of the show. Man, then... I'm a Kickstarter backer. I remember that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Damn straight. Then why haven't you watched it yet? I don't know because I'm, I'm injured. I'm Did so you donate injured. enough to get the digital download? No, I got just got oh. the t-shirt. Okay, I went one step above that. I got the digital download, so I had it on Friday, and then technically I watched it on Saturday, but I took someone who hadn't seen it to see it on Monday and didn't tell them I watched it. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> well, I'm glad it was good. I'm really looking yeah, forward to it. I, I really, I very much so enjoyed it. Like, there was plenty of, like, it was it was a good story, and it had enough, it felt enough like the show to be, to feel satisfied by it. Oh, that's good. Well, I will watch it sooner than rather than later, and I will. Um, I'll so let you know. talk about it next time I'm on. Yay! Oh, and and he's writing his book. He's doing Rob Thomas is doing Canon books. That one of the first one comes out next Tuesday. I pre-ordered it. Oh, neat! So, oh, geez, you really oh. got your finger on the pulse. <laughs> yes, I I am recommending three different things: the series, the movie, <laughs> and the book. They're all on Amazon. Everyone go. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, do you want me to go? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I probably recommend this already, but I'm I'm recommending it again because I rewatched it. You know, basically because I wanted to sit and cry for two hours. But everybody should watch Take This Waltz. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you've seen it, right? Yeah, I watched it not too long ago, and I watched it on instant, and yeah, oh, it's so fucking good. I didn't realize it was still on instant and I was clicking by like watch it again, which I don't typically I don't typically go around there. And I was like, oh, this is still on here. Do I really want to do this? And I just hit play and instantly just sobbed. Yeah. Christine, so uh, Erica, did you see this? <laughs> no, it's um, you would you should watch it. Seth Rogen. Oh, mm -hmm. Michelle Williams, Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Really good in it. Amazing. Um, it's just a kind of quiet relationship movie. Is one way to put it. Directed by Sarah Polly, my my girl crush. Uh, it's so good. It really is good. Um, I don't know. I, I'd have to be in a particular mood to watch that again. I, I was in the mood where I just felt like feeling bad. 
Like it's not like you say that, but it's not a complete downer. Like it's um, I feel like it is for me. For some characters, it is. I guess for me, it is. It hits a little too close to home in certain areas, so I just basically cry through the entire thing. Yeah, but it is amazing. Good, it really is. It's quiet and contemplative, and and no one's the bad guy, but yet. You know, everybody's at fault, kind of. It's it's really an interesting take on a, a very common situation that I feel like movies often get wrong. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Is Seth Rogen in a relationship with Michelle Williams in it? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm going to have a problem with that. No, it he looks sense. so handsome. He, yeah, oh, he always oh, looks no. so handsome. I adore him. He's my boyfriend. He's on my wall. I'm looking at him right now. It's her that I don't always like. Oh, she's fantastic. She makes very interesting choices. I I feel like Oh, you hate I, her in this movie. The first well, time I, I saw her, I hated yeah. her. I'm seeing her in Cabaret in a month. Ooh, Ooh that's nice. exciting. Um, but I don't always love her. Like I'm very picky about her and when I like her and when I don't. When do you like her? Give me a movie you liked her in. Let me look at her IMDb. I I, I don't know. I think it started with Dawson's Creek because I didn't like I didn't like Jen. Oh, I was God, a Joey. Were you team Joey? I hated Joey. Oh, I was. Shh. <laughs> I I like I enjoyed. Well, I don't know if "enjoy" is the right word, but I didn't mind Blue Valentine. Okay, well, you might. I mean, if if anybody's the bad, oh God, to say that is awful. But if anybody could be easily labeled the bad guy in this relationship movie, it's going to be her. But. Okay. The things that happen are really relatable, and yeah. if you get mad at her for them, you kind of have to get mad at, like, almost everybody ever, because they're things that everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really interesting, and I think she, she wears it really well. Like, she doesn't make you hate her, but you see the villainous things that she's kind of doing. I don't know. I, I recommend it highly. Yeah, well, I, and I second that. It's Seth Rogen, so I'll absolutely watch it. So, yeah, I really don't know why yeah. I didn't know about it. Hmm. It's a little release. Didn't didn't get much fanfare. Um, P.S. Not to throw us off track again, but can you guys like not wait for the neighbors to come out with Zac Efron and Seth Rogen in the same film? Um, I don't know anything about that, but <gasps> I really like Zac Efron. Oh my god! I actually thought of you when the trailer was on when I went to go see Veronica Mars because I was like, "This is so much Zac Efron with his shirt off." Christine's oh, really gonna hey. like this. I love Zac Efron. I do too. I adore him. He's adorable. <laughs> Do you know about the time we saw fake Zac Efron in the city? Was it somebody that looked just like Zac Efron? It, w- it was literally a celebrity impersonator doing Zac Efron, but he was, like, walking around Times Square with all these girls following him and, like, trying to create a hubbub. But it was, like, right after Zac Efron got out of rehab. Uh... So it was, like, clearly you're not Zac Efron. It was really <laughs> weird. But there were girls who were running all over and tweeting, like, like we checked Twitter because we were like, that's not really him and... It was like all these girls tweeting, Zach, oh my God, Zach Efron. And then it was pretty apparent that there were like hired girls also following him. Oh, that's so weird. So shout and be like, blah, blah, blah. You screwed things up with whatever girl he was dating. I don't remember who it was. Um, but watch the trailer for The Neighbors. It's a comedy and it looks like it's going to be a really fun time. Rose Byrne is in it too. Oh, I like who I love. Added to Radar. Boom. Interesting. Um... I guess my, uh, let me give it my Netflix pick, which has nothing to do with Seth Rogen, I'm sorry, or Zac Efron. Sad. 
I know. Uh, it is a film from 1978, and it's British, and it's a horror movie. I don't know how I never heard of it, called Killer's Moon. What? Uh, it's amazing. It's um, it's very British. It's very dry. It's it, it's <coughs> sort of like a Clockwork Orangey at one point. The whole concept is there's like this boarding school of British girls who get um, stuck in a hotel in the middle of nowhere. And meanwhile, there are it's sort of like Clown House in a way too, because there's four um, men from an insane asylum who escape. But they were part of an experiment where it was a therapy that was supposed to make them think they were living in a dream. So they just think they're living in a dream. So they're all about killing people, but they don't realize that they're in a dream. Uh, and it's really weird and funny, and I recommend it. Okay. It's all right, very then. different from either of your films. Well, I've never even heard of that. I've never even seen it come up on my... That was the thing, that it's 78. So it's, like, at a time when you think it would have been... Because it's very, it's very, it's a little rapey. Uh, by a little, I mean it's a lot rapey. Okay, um, well, you know, you had me at a little rapey. It's, <laughs> it's apparently written by, like, the director's sister is a woman named Faye Weldon, who is, um, I had not heard of her, but apparently she's fairly well known as a very vocal essayist and feminist. Mm-hmm. And the movie's really fascinating because you can't tell if it's tongue-in-cheek or not. Like, there's dialogue where after one of the girls is raped, this other girl says to her, like, oh, so what? You were raped. Just, I, I won't tell anybody. You don't tell anybody. And hopefully, if we survive tonight, we'll grow up, get married, and become mothers. Like, so, but I can't tell. <laughs> like, and I really assumed it was very just tongue-in-cheek and meant to be really funny. But then, like, some Googling <laughs> is, like, this woman, Faye Weldon, has, like, written essays about how rape is a really like overrated crime and all this stuff so oh wow weird and you have to watch it to figure out where you stand on it um but it's it's both really funny and occasionally disturbing but really just entertaining um aside from the rape unless you're christine and that's what you like in your movies oh god judge judge let's <laughs> gb judged yeah. or whatever <laughs> whatever anyway, that thing is just check it out uh, so now on to now the next time we're gonna put a little space in between our Glee Cast and Furious episodes. I think Just that's up to you guys. Was that a question? <laughs> I couldn't tell. I don't know if I could survive um, like marathoning the Fast and the Furious movies. That's why I like to put some space in between. All right, we're putting space. Space. Um, but on the next episode, we did decide what we're gonna cover. Yeah. Okay. Um, Erica, if you have interest, please let us know, and I'm sure it's fun if you uh, come sit in. Uh, we picked um, Neil. I always want to say Neil Marshall, but it's not Neil Marshall. It's Neil Jordan's yes uh, movie, a recent film that a lot of people. I don't know how to about. say it. How do you say it? Uh, I think it's Byzantium. Okay, that movie. Byzantium <laughs> is the vampire film with Ronan <laughs> and uh, Gemma Arterton. Anybody's name. So excited. Yeah, so that's a new vampire film and stuff. Um, a lot of people have talked about it, so we're going to talk about it. And we're going to pair that with another sort of, um, you know, we got werewolves. We got Neil Jordan. So we're going to do, instead of werewolves, we're going to do... Oh, wait, damn it, you, damn you it, said it, it the wrong it way. I fucked it all up. Smooth way move, to go. <laughs> I suck today. We are going to pair vampires with werewolves and most nice. importantly with Angela Lansbury and Neil Jordan's The Company of Wolves. 
Do you know what year that was off the top of your head? 80. I want to say 84, but I'm uh, wrong. I, th- I thought it was earlier in the 80s. I've always wanted to see it, and I never have. Um, it's, I mean, I saw it years ago. I'm really excited to rewatch it, uh, mostly for Angela Lansbury, but also for, like, discussion and stuff. Um, so that will be in a few weeks or so when we get to it. Uh, and I guess about it. Talk to us on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, tweet us if we ever check Twitter at Feminine Podcast. <laughs> Erica? I'll, I'll try to check it later. I occasionally do. Uh, Erica, where where can the folks find you? Um, do you want on them face- to find you? On Facebook, I guess. Do you want to drop sexy hints where like you're leading them up the wrong tree? Um, I never sign on Twitter, so don't bother to find me there. Um, I'm in the Feminine Critique group, so you can find me on Facebook. All right, so if you want to stalk Erica, that's that's the best place to do it. Yeah, you know what? Just send me a message. I'll make sure she gets it. Oh, oh thank you, Christine. <laughs> so, I'll make sure it's worthy of her time. Thank you. Can I hire you as my secretary now? Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Um, I, I'm also just going to put out there that um, Fast and the Furious 1, 2, and 3, are the, the Blu-ray, DVD, and digital copy are only eleven forty nine on Amazon. Hmm. Just still very, if you're into if you're into getting your media legally, have they yeah. not put <laughs> out like a giant set? Of no, movies? they haven't. What's up with that? They have they have sets, but they're but not a comprehensive expensive. one because they're still making them. I'm not buying it until I get. Yeah, you, no, yeah, of course you wouldn't God, buy it, sorry, but there is guys, a set. I'm sorry. God, there's a there's a one through six, but seven is in production. So why would you buy the? Why one would you do six? that? Exactly. That's like why did you buy the individual seasons of Buffy? Everybody just wait until it came out in the box set. Uh, I think I still got mine cheaper by doing it that way. Really? I got all of mine on sale for, I think, like, either... But don't you want the pretty box? No, and actually, even a problem, I refuse to buy season one of Buffy because it was the same price as all the other seasons, and season one is, like, half... It is so tiny. You're very... so I um, actually have a very incomplete set. But now it's on Instant Watch, so it's fine. Okay. Um, (laughs) I I have the separate seasons for sale from my tenant if anyone would like to purchase them from me (laughs) because i own the chosen collection and i don't need her dvds yeah because um erica knows what's up and emily doesn't yeah (laughs) i I also have angel but those i have separately because i bought them on ebay Oh, that was uh, thrifty. What do you think of that, Christine, huh? I huh? think it's thrifty, okay? I have the box set of that one, too, though, so I don't know. Well, yeah, I bought it before the box set was out because I wanted to... I had watched a couple of seasons, and I was like, I really want to finish watching it, so I just bought them all on eBay. Mm, yeah. I'm sad about it now. I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not thrilled about it, so... You know what? That's kind of how I feel. Let's not get into this because I'll just keep yeah. talking and talking and talking. <laughs> We're right, just going to sit here and what? talk the rest of the night. So. The moral of the story is you guys all own Buffy. Some of you own multiple copies, and that's awesome. Because of this, we live in an okay world, folks. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? The battle's done. And we kind of won, so we sound our victory cheer. Where do we go from here? Why is the path 
know how 